bringing their problems to me for as long as I can remember. I have one of those faces that just says, tell me what's going on. And now I have one of those podcasts that says, go ahead, tell me what's going on. Welcome to Mess in Progress. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mess in Progress with myself, Gina Brion, and my lovely co-host slash everything person, Catherine G. Mendoza. Catherine, say hi to the people. Hello. She's touching her lips seductively for those of you who cannot see. Yes. And he, oh God, you want to hear like what I'm doing that's like so Latino, but at the same time, like just unkept. What? I don't have my, normally I have like um, little cocoa butters everywhere in the house, like in case I get, you know, chappy lips. I don't have one nearby and I didn't bring one for the recording. So I'm using the Vicks. That I knew you I were going to say it was using Vicks. <laughs> I knew it when you said it. When I saw you do it, and you said you said that it was unkempt, and I was like, "It's gonna be Vix. It's gonna be Vix. It's Vix." Like, here's the thing: it works. Don't get me wrong. Nobody ever said you can't put Vix on your lips. Like my mama, I put Vix on my lips one time at her house recently, and she got so angry at me. Why? She was like, "Do not put that on your lips." Why? Did like, you give a reason? No. No, then no, I, I don't agree. I'm sorry, mama, but I don't agree. Like I, it, it, what, what damage is it going to do? I've been doing it for years and there's no problem to my lips. So unless the Vicks company tells me it is not okay to put on your lips, I'm going to keep doing that. Like, I'm, oh, you well, need Mr. Vicks to hit you up. Like, I um, and your Vicks. Yes. I need him to come down and be like, listen, the angel of Senor Vicks, because we all know that it's an ancient angel. Yes. And he needs to come down and tell me, uh, this is not for your lips. And I'm going to be like, why, Senor Vicks? And he's going to be like, because I said so. And that's it. You know, for the longest time, I thought Vicks was only a Latino product. Like, I thought only Latinos used it. I did not think white people was on, up on a Vicks game at all. And it just recently dawned on me that it's not just a Latino thing. No. I'm like, wow, everybody's been known about Vicks. Like, I thought it was just all of us Latinos using it to, you know, heal everything. But I think that's the difference. I think that right there, right? Like, I think there are other people who've used Vicks, but I think the Latino thing is the cure-all part, yes. right? Like, that's the thing. Like, But this is why I don't feel like it's a bad thing to put it on your lips, because I'm like, you got a cold, put some Vicks. You got a runny nose? Put some Vicks. You got some chappy lips? Put some Vicks. Like, that's it. That's it. Ponte Vicks. That's it. Where is the issue? I don't see an issue here. Um, Again, you know what? Somebody send this to the Vicks company. Have them sponsor us. (laughs) And if they want to do, like, a Mess in Progress Vicks collaboration, we could do a Vicks um, lip-friendly, like, collaboration yes. so like cocoa butter meets vix yeah vix for your lips yeah it already got we can write a, a jingle vix yeah for your lips vix for your lips yep yep and it's, See, we, we got, got it the mess in progress collection that's gonna be our first collection with uh yes. with vix. with the vix company i with mean the I, vix love, I love their their lavender vix i never knew I they made too. it I never knew they made any other scent other than like menthol, like regular, regular Vicks, <laughs> life-saving scent. That's yes, the scent. like the, uh, I want to say earlier, like last year, my mother gave me the lavender one, right? And it's not there's there's a difference between 
the baby Vicks and then yes. just lavender Vicks. Yes. That's what people don't understand. Like, yes, there is a baby lavender. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a baby lemon, but there's just an adult lavender one. And it is, it, it, it's, it's nice. I yes. I don't know what the word is. Like, it's a different experience. It really. It's aromatherapy the- meets yeah. aromatic healing. Yes. That's what I'm saying. But that's why I'm saying like, have you ever seen a Vicks chapstick? No. No. That's what I'm but saying. we see the Vicks nose thing. You know, the yeah, all the time. All the we time. We see that. We see, we did this strips. There's a whole bunch of stuff. There's no chapstick. Vicks. Hit us up. Hit us up. Hit Let's do a mess in progress. Vicks collab. Yes. Mess in progress presents the Vicks chapstick. Yes. Chappy no more. Chappy no, no more. more. No mas chappy. No more. It's spelled like the N O. Emma. No, no more, no more chappy. Happy no more. Chappy no more. Mess in progress. <laughs> from mess in progress. Here. Coming to you straight from mess in progress. Chappy no, no more. <laughs> chappy no more for your crusty lips. <laughs> Got crusty lips? Get chappy no more. <laughs> we are on to Thursday. Yes. Okay. So you brought this subject up, and I've seen this a lot on TikTok. A lot. Mm-hmm. Of Okay, and it comes down to Gen Z um, criticizing. I mean, a lot of them are actually criticizing millennials, but I'm going to say it's anybody who isn't Gen Z. Yeah. But they're criticizing um, certain things that they see as like, if you do this, then you're old. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, if you wear skinny jeans, then you're old. If you do a side part, then you're old. If you use the laughing emoji, that's the straightforward laughing emoji because it is acceptable to use the head tilted laughing emoji. Yeah, it, no, this gets this gets real. Then you are old. How do we feel about that? I have my opinions. Oh, I have many opinions. First of all, Gen Z, y'all getting on my nerves. Um, you cannot, it's so funny that they're both the generation that hates labels, but loves labels. Oh yeah. Like y'all love to label other people and label things lame or not lame or old or not old, but let somebody try to label you or what you do and you about to pop off in somebody's face. So part of me is like, shut it down, Gen Z. We don't need your dumbass opinions right now on things that are trivial anyway. Who cares where you part your hair? I don't like a middle part because I feel like it doesn't frame my face nicely. It's not for everybody's face. I like a side part because I like the way it frames my face. I just like it that way. Some people just, because now I feel like what this is going to create is um, people already are full of insecurities. And now you're creating this like social insecurity for a large group of people that where it's like all of you people that part to the side, now you're all old and people already have their insecurities about their age. And so it's like, it's not fair to do that to a group of people because you definitely wouldn't stand for it done to you. So all these like trends where it's like, we're telling you what's old, like I'm going to use whatever damn emoji I want, bro. If you think it, if you think I'm using an old emoji, oh, well, I don't care. At some point we're all going to end up doing old people stuff. So it's like, what do I care if you're going to label that now? And emojis are still so... So ridiculous a way to communicate to me, but I still use them. But again, it's also skinny jeans. That's another one. Skinny jeans, another one. But I never got into skinny jeans. So right. it's like now, if now if you like wearing skinny jeans, if that's the style you like, 
now you're you're off trend see the thing is that and here's how i feel i'm actually really happy that this is a subject and it's because it is what i have been waiting for everyone's um, been waiting for this i've been waiting for this i've been waiting for this moment um as a millennial it is <laughs> invigorating to see that now um the torch can be passed as to the generation that should be shitted on. <laughs> it's just a fact. Because here's the thing, here's the thing. I'm going to say something that's super millennial, but I'm going to say it anyways. The most shitted on generation is millennials. Nobody's going to argue me on that. It's a fact. Every generation, even Gen Z, shits on us. Like literally. There's not one generation that doesn't shit on, no other generation gets as much hate as millennials do. Right. But re in reality, when you look back in time, it's always the, the tradition has always been to like, oh, what the kiddos are doing mm -hmm. in my day. Well, some for some reason, that's that changed the minute millennials came into fruition because it was like, no, even though there is a generation in, like behind you, we're still going to call everybody millennials. We're still going to treat all of the behaviors that that generation is doing as if it's y'all thing. So I think it's actually really nice that we're finally starting to verbalize the words Gen Z and separate that they're, you know what I mean? Like these are kids, these are teenagers, right? And so Gen X is in their 40s. Xennials mm -hmm. is also in their late 30s and 40s. But millennials are in their 30s or late 20s. The ones making this critique are not millennials. So yeah. it's kind of like we're all just been put into the same boat and the way I look at it is that as a millennial, I'm like, oh, hello, Gen X. Uh, we're in the same boat, but y'all been talking mad shit all this time. And now y'all need us to all ride together against these little Zen um, Zennials. Oh, not Zennials, Gen Z. Mm -hmm. Isn't it about time you realize that we should have been your allies from the jump, not who you were coming after? Like, I think that's how I feel. Because again, th these are so dumb, like, a, a hair, a hair part, something I thought about that. So the first thing I thought about the hair part was Gen Z didn't invite, invent the middle part, first off, right? Like the middle part has been around since the Farrah Fawcett days. Which Literally, by the way, Catherine is currently sporting coincidentally I'm, a middle part. But this is the thing, I, I, I like a side part, but I know you like your side parts. Like it's rare for me to see your hair parted down the middle. No, you just don't. You just no. Here's the thing. You're just noticing it now. Mm. That's what it is. Because the side part is so obvious because you get that swoop. People yeah. notice it because of the swoop. That's all it is. You don't notice the middle part because there's actually nothing. It's plain. It's yeah. basic. So you never notice that Kim Kardashian always wears a middle part. You never notice that in the '90s. Uh, Amanda Bynes in, on television was wearing a, a middle part. Britney Spears, Farrah Fawcett in the well, 70s. I think I noticed those specific middle parts though, but that was only because I always felt like I couldn't part my hair down the middle. So I always noticed the middle part because I'm like, damn, I wish I could do that. Like you actually look nice with a middle part. I mean, I, I, I have, um, I don't like a middle part because I have a little ball spot. And so I've been trying to train my hair to Cause you have to do hair training. Like yeah. your hair gets trained in a certain angle. It's naturally not beneficial as you get older to continue to just have 
one type of part. You should yeah. have multiple parts. You should let your hair fall the way it needs to fall, right? So I've been doing this throughout the quarantine. If you actually watch our stuff, you'll see I have little yeah, parts yeah. even in ponytails. The thing is, I, when I say it's not noticeable, it's because it is a very childlike hairstyle. Middle parts is very childlike. It's not for everybody's face, but it's very childlike. So we just ignore it. Side parts are fancier. Side parts get, are like flirtier and fun. Like side parts just say something else about your hair, in my opinion, right? Yeah. It's a swoop. I think that the middle part, to me, I'm like, if anything, y'all are just kind of admitting that you're a little bit bland. A little bit. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Or and a little bit basic or whatever. Like, and you're not, again, you're not, you didn't, first off, Gen, Gen Z, you did not invent the middle part. That has been around for forever. The thing is, some people should not be using a middle part because it just doesn't look good on their head. Yeah. That's, that's a thing. The emoji stuff, that's, that's weird. It's like nitpicky. It's weird. It's like, I, I saw one that said, you can tell a millennial because they end everything with LOL. And that's actually true. It's actually very true. But something else I, I was reading recently um, was this article that said, uh, is there such thing as passive aggressive texting? And it comes from Gen Z. Why? Because Gen Z takes it personal. If you were to write sure and, the, and a period, because they read that period as aggressive, where every other generation just reads it as grammar, grammar. Like it's such a different thing. But that's what I'm saying about the whole emoji thing where it's like gen, gen um, millennials and zennials were the first ones to be using at young ages emojis. And now Gen Z wants to come in and police the emoji. Like what the hell? What? But it's because they take everything so personal mm -hmm. in my opinion. So it's, I'm like, they personalize everything for a generation, like you said, that doesn't like labels. They do love to personalize everything. Um, and then just kind of like be the police of everything. I'm noticing that a lot. They yeah. want to police everything. But you know who I blame? Gen X. Because mm. that's their parents. And guess what? Gen X also likes to police everything because Gen X has been policing millennials for forever and now they have children who also want to police everything. Mm -hmm. That's not, a, that's not a, a coincidence. It's just what it is. Yeah. Like I, I do feel like they're just a version of Gen X, um, but now critiquing. Yeah, they're like Gen X 2.0. So annoying. It's they're like the upgrade from Gen X. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I don't know. I find I find that generation like they're young, so I don't think it. Oh. Um. Yeah, I think that they're just a generation that likes to um do what we all did, which is just be a teenager and find fault in things that are ridiculous. The difference is that we're amongst them on the TikToks and well, that's yeah. usually the platform where it's in a different way than we weren't before with other teenagers. We weren't. Like, so we weren't um, consuming each other's stuff as often. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Well, yeah, right? we're consuming Just, stuff at a crazy rate right now, mm -hmm. especially with the quarantine and everybody being home. Like, we are, we're consuming more now than ever before. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Which is why um, we're going crazy. With 
consuming. Let's talk because it's it's um topical. Yes. Uh, framing, reframing Britney. I am obsessed. I'm obsessed. For anybody who doesn't know what this is, it's um the New York Times has a series, mm-hmm. and I think the fact that people keep calling it the Britney documentary because it's not a documentary. It's, it's really a, not. It's not. It's a part. It's an episode in a larger series of videos. Um, New York Times just covers different topics, and the episodes are about an hour or so. There's one specific episode that recently came out that talks about um, Britney Spears and her conservatory. So, for anybody who doesn't know what a conservatory is, because some people don't, yeah, um, let's look that up. I had no idea until watching this uh, this piece that they did what really a conservatorship was, what the purpose of it was, how deep this stuff goes. So when you find out what it is and you kind of get the rest of the story, it's just, you're just shocked. Mm-hmm. You're just shocked when you get the rest of the story. So a conservatorship is a legal concept in the United States. A guardian or a protector is appointed by a judge to manage the financial affairs and or daily life of another due to physical or mental illnesses or old age. A person under a conservatorship is a conservatee, a term that can be referred to an adult. Now, traditionally, these are, in in, in the show it says, these are usually with elderly people, yeah. with people with specific conditions. And, um, and regarding mental illness, yes, but there's severity, right? So it depends on that. How do we feel about this? First of all, it really, I mean, I've always felt this way about child stars, that they're so misunderstood. Um, I think they have to grow up so unbelievably fast in this industry, and it messes you up. I think not being able to have a childhood, not being able to have your privacy, not being able to do anything as a normal human being, never having had that experience, never having, you know, her and Justin Timberlake, biggest relationship of her life, you know, everybody finds out all this information on her when that relationship went south. You know, the fact that I guess they were having sex before their relationship. And even the way they talk about what happened with Justin in this, you start to to realize, and the, the way they go into the whole Justin thing is about how it's only the male narrative that ever mattered in that story for the two of them. All he ever had to do was put that narrative out there and right away, it just demonized her immediately. Well, it's exactly what you just said, right? It's we the fact that we also don't use words like allegedly. You just said they had sex. That's alleged. Nobody yeah. knew. allegedly, allegedly but, they had sex. But at that time, it's I had this conversation with a friend yesterday, a male friend who he had not watched the the doc, but he was like, "What is it about?" And I was giving him a overview, and I brought up the Justin Timberlake thing, and one of one of the things I said was that. Um, a lot of the conversation right now is how much Justin Timberlake owes her an apology mm-hmm. regarding how he um, catapulted his solo career on the on the back of the um, controversy of their breakup. And and the fact is that and my friend who's a little bit older than I am was like, well, I remember that. And like, I, I don't remember him doing that. And I go. But everything is a legend and everything is alluding. I go, cry me a river, the video, the big controversy was how much that was supposed to be about her and how in the video, in the video, the girl even looks like a, a Britney mm-hmm. Spears, you know, look alike. That I 
remember that being a thing. This is 2003, 2002, 2003, when the video came out was 03. And a hundred percent, everybody thought he's talking about Britney. So my friend goes, well, how is that any different than Taylor Swift writing a song about John Mayer? Right. And I go, um, cause his argument was, well, cause you, you should be allowed to talk about your personal experiences and create art out of them. And he's right in that, mm-hmm. but, and he goes, so that's what Taylor Swift does. So why shouldn't Justin Timberlake be able to do it? And I go, you're right in the fact that if he wanted to make a heartbreak song, that's one thing yeah. and I go, but he didn't make a heartbreak song. He made a song um, alluding to her cheating with multiple people, therefore creating her, she's a personal, like she's she's a public figure at the time. One of the biggest pop star. And regarding his career, she's bigger than him as a solo artist because his solo artists did not launch yeah. up until that point. You're also ruining her reputation mm-hmm. as somebody who was outwardly saying, I am waiting till marriage to have sex. Mm-hmm. And so making these make making content that is like ah oh, she's cheating on me nobody's thinking what she's cheating on you holding some other man's hand the alleged that accus- the alleged is what created the illusion of slut yeah it created the slut shaming thing and then there's interviews in the film where yep he, he says something about like did he take her virginity and she was he was like yeah I did. like he uh, joked on it he was like come on man like he didn't even like it's like, come on, dude. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, what just hearing that interview was so annoying and frustrating because you just, it just makes you hard roll your eyes because it's like every girl has been through that with someone in her life that's with some guy she was with that if they were ever asked would be like, come on, you know, man, you know, instead of keeping stuff private. And it's like, especially when you're on a grand scale, like they were you know, like they are, it's like, you don't, you don't play with stuff like that. Like, that's not, that was so disrespectful. Like listening to it, I was like, it was so disrespectful because this was after the relationship had, you know, broken off after the alleged cheating. And now he's being asked about their sex life. You're like, come on, you, you had sex with Britney Spears. Right. And it's like, come on now. Is there, I'm surprised that she hasn't, cut ties with him completely over it, honestly. It's just immature to me. I'm not surprised she hasn't cut ties with him, but it's just immature to me because the thing is they were very young. So I'm not forgiving him. I'm just going, it was immature. I do think that when you're young, we've all had young boyfriends who have said some stuff and maybe you have your own personal words. So we don't know, again, what's happened between Mm -hmm. them. Maybe there's a reason she hasn't cut him off. I think the bigger situation here what I was trying to explain to my friend is that there's a series of events that play into the role of why she is in a conservatorship and I believe that the Justin Timberlake moment is part of that series of Of course yes 100% less about Justin Timberlake and more about the treatment of Britney Spears in the media Mm -hmm. and how we want to critique her mental health or whatever the case may be and you know what you're right the child star thing uh, Drew Barrymore was on drugs at one point. Yep. Robert Downey Jr. Like, there's a lot of people who have been in 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 um have Hollywood sucked them up at young ages, mm-hmm. and they had their spiraling moments, and then they came back. The problem isn't her mental illness. The problem is 
How can she be suitable to work at, on a Las Vegas show, which is almost every night, and do these grand scale things, have a whole new album, but doesn't have the where for all to be in control of her own life and her own decisions? Yep. It starts to seem weird, especially the fact that a lot of it is that her father wasn't in her life up until he decided she needed somebody. He needed to petition uh-huh. the conservatorship. It's and weird. she never said no to the conservatorship. She yeah. said no to her father right. being the conservator. And uh-huh. that was the thing that like, it was like she she said not him, anybody but him. Appoint, you know, appoint anybody but this guy. Like yeah. there were so many factors in this that when you watch it, all, all I could think was like this poor woman. Yeah. This poor woman who has been denied so many things at different times in her life. She couldn't see her children. She couldn't even have her privacy. Now she can't do anything with her own money, with her. And this is, you know, why she has refused to work until yeah. this conservatorship ends. She, she doesn't want her dad in her business like that. Yeah. And it's such a shame to see that this is happening to somebody. Like in, in the beginning, all the free Britney stuff, I was like, okay, people might be overreacting a little bit. And then you watch some of the videos and you're like, she, she clearly seems distressed. Yeah. Just from, from hair and makeup to demeanor, she seems distressed in a lot of these videos. And that's concerning because, you know, you're looking at somebody who was, you know, this, this struggle for identity she was in the middle of because she's, branded as this you know pop princess who's now growing up and becoming older and coming into her womanhood and not even can she do that properly or privately because everybody's documenting how you know how big her boobs are getting on a weekly basis you know what I mean you know there was the interview where they showed her being interviewed by this guy and he said well everybody's talking about it and she's like talking about what? And he's like the size of your breasts or something like that. And I'm just like a hard eye roll because a man would never get asked those questions. Yeah. Never, never, never. And so it was just, it's, it's heartbreaking to watch her go through this. This woman who was put together, you see her in press stuff, she's well put together to this like dark under eye makeup. Like it looks like she's been crying or like she's just been rubbing her eyes. Like it's smudged under eye makeup and, and like barely done hair and just saying things that, you know, when you watch the videos, that's why people think they're coded because some of the stuff she's saying does not make sense in that moment. Like she just sounds very all over the place. And so people are really I, thinking that she's sending coded she messages. But I also think she has some type of mental illness. Um, you know, 100% I, mean, I believe she does. I don't know. I believe that she's on medicine and that can change. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't want to say that I agree with the coded language. I don't. I see why they think that, but I don't. You know what I mean? Like, at, at some point, people are looking for too much. Like, well, that's I, what one of the guys said, too. If you look for suspicious stuff in those posts, you're going to find it. You're just yeah. going to find it by via her behavior or something else. Right. Right. And I think that the bigger thing is just to listen to the fact that she has made herself clear about not wanting her father. Like those are the, like, that's not cryptic. That's right there. She doesn't want that. And it's not being listened to. And that's the problem here. Right. Like the free Britney thing to me just comes down to free her to her version of freedom. So if her version of freedom means don't have him involved, that's what you should do. 
And we're back. Sorry about that, guys. I had to step away and do some mom stuff right quick uh, for the baby who runs me now. Not going to lie. Uh, so we're just going to jump into why are we like this. Uh, I got a note from my therapist today, like during one of our sessions, that you know how you deny, deny, deny that you're doing something because you don't want to admit it to yourself? Well, I had run into a toxic person from my past and it really had an effect on me and I was you know trying I was talking it out with my therapist and he kept telling me you know he was like it's okay to hate toxic people from your past that mistreated you and I don't think I think I I still have to sort of make peace with that concept that it's okay to hate them because I don't like wasting energy on hate mm -hmm. but Sometimes, particularly if you've been in toxic situations with people, you almost cannot help this subconscious level of hate that you have for them. Even if on a conscious level, you're like, I wish this person the best and I, you know, hold no ill will for this person, blah, blah, blah. There's still this like subconscious, like, but I don't want anything to do with you. You know what I mean? And that's because I, I had to admit to myself, like, hating this person from my past and kind of like make myself okay with it, which is, it's, it's something I struggle with definitely is being okay with hating somebody because I really, I don't want to care. Right. And so you think hating is a feeling? Yes. Hating is a feeling associated with that person. And I don't want to care that much to hate. I want to just not care. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I don't agree with your therapy yeah. at all. Like, I don't think it's okay to hate toxic people. I think it's okay to dislike them. I think it's okay to not want to mess with them. And I think it's okay to never forget because they were toxic to you. Shoot. Even if they are a brand new person, they found Jesus, they're a whole new person. Yeah. will be, you know, worried, not worried, but, um, arms length. Yes. It's a different thing. I agree. Hate holds a lot of energy. And so yeah, that person doesn't deserve your energy. So uh, maybe your therapist just kind of said the word hate, but really meant it's okay to not like this person, like to not feel like you need to like them now. Yeah. Or, or to remember, remember why you don't like them. Mm -hmm. It's a different thing. So I'm at, I, I'm not, I'm not in agreement. Yeah, it was, it was something that I, we went back and forth on because I was like, I don't, think I should waste my energy hating this person and his point wasn't to waste energy on hating this person but admitting that it's okay to not like you were saying not want to be around this person not have this person in your life like you don't have to hate this person but you can admit that this person is toxic in your environment no matter if they've you know become born again like you were saying before or not like always remembering the experiences and the way you were treated and being like, okay, no, I don't owe you anything. I don't owe you uh, like feeling like an elevated person. I don't owe you any of that. I don't owe you anything. Yeah. And so I think being okay with that, I think is difficult for a lot of people with toxicity when they're dealing with toxicity, especially if it's from somebody you were dating or even worse when it's from a family member mm -hmm. and dealing with that level of toxicity and like, you know, cutting, cutting someone off if you have to. Yeah. I think the thing is 
coming to terms with your reasons for why this person may not be in your life anymore. I mean, I don't know what the exact example is that you and your therapist were talking about, right? So why, why the word hate was used, but I don't know. I, I just am a believer that there's energy in everything you do. And so I'm on your side about yeah. like, there's no, you're literally saying, I don't want to have to spend any type of brain power on this human being mm-hmm. right now. If what he or uh, he is talking about your therapist is that fine, don't spend, ba- don't spend brain power, but at the same time, don't, um, what is it? Don't be in denial. Then that's okay too. Then I agree there. Yeah. Because some people will just kind of like brush it off. And there's just certain things and certain people in certain situations that unfortunately you cannot brush off because that's if, especially if you're susceptible to a cycle where it's like, could brushing it off, um, make this person give this person the leverage to come back into your world. And then the cycle repeats itself in that sense. I'm with them that it's like, it's okay to remember the reason that they're toxic. I would just take the word hate out. Yeah. Same. See, that's why I fucks with you, yo. I believe (laughs) myself there. I believe myself. I'm trying to get better with cussing. Um, (laughs) You know what? I fox. I fox with you, bro. I fox with you, bro. I fox with you, bro. Hard O. I fox. Fox with you. Fox with you, bro. (laughs) Still, it's too close. It's too close. (laughs) It's way too close. Uh, Let's get into the TikTok of the day. Coming out of baby mouth, he's gonna be like, uh, "Mommy, I, I fox with you." I fox with you. Yeah, I fox with you. Fox with an X. Everybody <laughs> with an X. It's cute. It's cute. It's not cussing. Um, let's jump into our TikTok of the day because I really love it. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll let you read it uh, so the people understand. Cool. So this is um, by at Life uh, Picks Relationships. That's their name. Um, it says, I, it was actually a conversation in the video, mm-hmm. but it says, I think it's bizarre that people don't sit down when they start a relationship or early in a relationship and say, Hey, at some point we're going to fight. So how do you like to fight? Are you somebody who needs a minute? Do you need to take a breath to yourself? Or are you the kind of person that needs to sleep on things and see how you feel tomorrow? Are you the kind of person who's like, no, we got to solve this before we go to bed tonight? Because why figure that out while you're in a fight? That's the worst time to learn how you two fight thoughts um i love this concept and ironically enough it is something that i uh me and my husband did when we were dating we ended up getting into a conversation one time about sort of about this subject about not really how we fight but the way we react to certain things Mm -hmm. and his thing was he hates the silent treatment so i had to explain to him i don't give the silent treatment to like be a bitch or to, you know, you know, to make you panic. I give you the silent treatment because I got a slick mouth and I don't want to speak out of turn when I'm angry and say something I can't take back because I'm hot headed when I get angry. And I, I explained that to him. He still doesn't like the silent treatment, but at least he knows where it's coming from. And for me, he had explained to me that he has a tendency when he gets worked up to just walk away. And that was something that I'm glad that he kind of alerted me to because I hate that. 
I hate when you're in the middle of something with somebody and they just have to like walk away and like take a minute. It frustrates me when somebody just abruptly like turns away from me when it, that'll just make me more angry. So I think it's a healthy, I think it's one of the healthiest conversations between that and the sex relationship like that you need to talk about. Whatever your relationship is with your sex or sexuality is an important conversation to have with your partner too, because that can ease so many fears, you know, when you're in a relationship. And I think this one never comes up. The sex talk always comes up with people, but this one very rarely have I heard couples bring this up, which I think is a brilliant idea to sit down and be like, well, how do you fight? Cause they're right. It's terrible figuring that out in the moment. It's, it just makes both people explode. Cause you know, you don't know what you're walking into. Yeah, no, yeah. You literally don't know the rules of the game. Yeah. What it is, you really don't know the rules of the game. And I like that they said that like in a relationship or early in a relationship, but I also looked at relationship as in um, a platonic or um, maybe platonic with benefits or anything like that. Anything where you could, you know, you spend a significant amount of time with somebody and you could find yourself in a heated situation. I agree. I think that it's it actually should be something that we see more and practice more, which is like, for me, I'm, I'm same as you. I don't like when people walk away and turn around. Like I, you know, to answer this question specifically, I am, a, I don't like to go to bed angry type. I am. Okay. Um, and oddly enough, I've also only been like, I've seen to have attracted a lot of, um, I need to sleep on it. I need to take a breath on it. I need to yeah. walk on it. And here's the thing. Everybody is deserving of how they need to do things. I, I do believe that. Except if you are, I, I need to take a breath on it. I need to sleep on it. Um, you have now inherited the responsibility to bring it back up. Because the thing is that the sleep on it and the take a walk on it you come back and then we move on or whatever, you know, we, we keep on with our life or, and what, it just never comes up again. No, it's going to come up again, but in another fight. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, and I've said that to multiple people, which is, and I, I think this is where some people have gotten annoyed with me where I go, okay, I know you need to like take a moment. You need to all that. So you're going to bring this back up again though. Right. I will literally say that you're going to bring this back up again. Right. Because you're the one, you're the reason why we're not um, fixing this right now. And if somebody, and I've had people say, oh, but it, it, it's just the way I need to process. I'm not opposing your need to walk away. I'm not opposing your need to sleep on it. I'm opposing the fact that you may utilize that as a distraction or as a way to get out of this and that there is no resolution. I being a, I don't like to go to bed um, angry type of person is because I'm more worried about resolutions. Mm -hmm. You're more worried about your temper. Yes. That sounds like a you problem. So if you're a person who's hot headed and then needs to walk away or need, there's nothing wrong with that, but you also need to learn the skills of how to come back and have a resolution based conversation. So I think a lot of people think that people like me who are the, we should fix this now, we should fix this tonight type of people are, are um, people who impose. And I see why they feel that way. But I yeah. think that people who are the walk away are people who avoid. 
Yeah, I would agree. I would honestly agree that people who walk away are avoiders. In Jeremy's case, he does usually bring it right back up the second he comes back. So I will give him that credit. Like, he brings it up right away to discuss what his thoughts are and how he was feeling about it. And that I appreciate. Although I will admit I need to be better at accepting that because a lot of times, you know, I have that like, well, I'm already over it attitude. And I'm like, clearly not over it. <laughs> like, I'm like, you're clearly not over it. So you're no. just saying that because now you want to be in control of what happens in this moment. And it's like, no, he wants to discuss this. So as much as you want, want to roll your eyes so far back in your head, they might never return. You're going to have to put up with this conversation if you want to get past this. Because one thing I hate more than that is habitual uh, fights, habitual, the same kind of dumb problems that keep coming up that are easily fixed had you actually processed and learned from that fight in that moment instead of just hoping it would go away because you want everything to be pleasant again. So sitting down and, and working those things out. And that's a lot of work that I have to do on myself. I think this is years of therapy talking, by the way. This is therapy and books and everything talking about how much work I've had to do on myself because I don't always nail it. Like I'm not, you know, I'm on a journey like anybody else is to heal from past hurt, to recover from trauma, to be a better human being, to live my best life, all of that stuff. And so there are moments where I succumb to anger and stress and it just explode and I'm trying to get a handle on those things. But I think part of making that a conversation that's more normalized in, in couples, I think really does, I mean, and, but you also have to get to a place where you're honest because I don't think somebody who's like an abuser is gonna tell you, this is how I respond. I, I am an abusive human being. You know yeah, what I mean? I think there is something about, I think there's something abusive about the person who walks away and then just never comes back and addresses it again, because that's just as much about control as the person mm -hmm. who stays there and goes, well, now I'm over it, but you're clearly not over it. So we're going to have to keep fucking fighting. Both of those people want to control the narrative. The mm -hmm. one who walked away and the one who stood there angry, right? You're right. You're not really going to like, you just have to kind of weigh out your options if you're dealing with somebody who goes, I need to walk away. Yeah. And by your options, it's literally saying, okay, so how do you deal when you do come back? What do yeah. you do? Put him on the spot on that because that's, what that's what's important about these conversations. The same as like you said, the sex talk. I'm assuming when you say the sex talk, I'm assuming you, you're talking about likes and dislikes. Yes, of course. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, depending on how young you are when you're having this talk, but yes, likes and dislikes, things that you're into, things that you're not into. And I think you bring up a really excellent point that the point of that conversation is what do you do when you come back in? Okay, you want to walk away, but what do you do when you come back in? Yeah. You know, when you come back into this conversation, when we talk about this topic again, because you're right, it's going to come up again. The red flag is if they go, I don't know. Oh, okay. So then you just told me I'm going to have to solve this or I'm going to have to deal. Those are my options. Solve yeah. or but it's not going to be mutual. So there, there you go. Don't be with that person because they don't know how to solve things. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. Other people are still in their own journeys, in their own processes. And mm -hmm. I will give them to that. I will give that too. Like um, myself, uh, the last person you could say I was seeing wasn't really a relationship, but we've had a really good, um, not good, but a balance between 
something that was intimate and then something that was platonic. Mm -hmm. And we had our fair share of moments. Here's the irony though. This person is not my significant other. This person has never been my significant other. But we got to a point where we got into arguments where I noticed that later he started coming to me and going, um, yeah, I, I want to talk about this because I, like he would express what he needed of me. And mm -hmm. then I started expressing those things. Now, here's the thing. Again, this is not a partner, yeah. but because we have any type of relationship, it was important to have that conversation. And so he said, I do think that you want to resolve everything too quickly. And I don't work like that. And I said, and I don't think you'd like to resolve anything at all. So it was mm. good. Like, like, what are you going to do about that? And guess what? In the next situation, he actually approached it with me. He said, no, um, I, I don't want to ruin our connection and whatever we have more than I, um, more than, uh, more than anything. So I'm willing to talk. Okay. Okay. And you see, that's not even a boyfriend. If a, if a friend, if a platonic thing can be like that, yeah. then your partner should definitely be like that. Somebody who goes, my ego is not as big as my want. I mean, bigger than my want to have you in my life. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I was cutting him off because I wasn't, but the, the situation we were in, I did say to him, yeah, I don't like this. So that's a no, like a straight no. I don't like it. And what could he say? He, he, well, he's going to try to convince me of my dislike. No, he's either going to accept it or he's going to um, adjust. And in my situation, he adjusted. That's a non-boyfriend. So yeah. boy, a partner. It, I'm not saying they better, but they should. They want to be with you. This and is true. Should happen up front. You know, like you look, find out if the house you're about to buy has water damage in the walls. Like that's the same <laughs> shit. We got emotional damage. Like those houses got water damage. Like, that's 100% true. It's, does it, does he come with a side of mold? Like <laughs> what kinds of mold issues? Am I dealing with with this man? I'm Does, smelling mold. Is I smell mold? mama's boy mold. Is there something here? Yeah. Is there, is there a thing? Is that a thing? Um, well, this kind of leads us perfectly into the Dear Gina, which is nice. Um, brilliantly set up by <laughs> someone. Her name is Catherine. She's amazing. Um, <laughs> Dear Gina. Dear Gina, I'm having a really hard time in my relationship. I'm getting super angry at my boyfriend all the time. It's not like I want to be a tyrant, but lately it just seems like he's doing everything wrong. I was in a toxic relationship for a very long time and I'm doing my best to be a better person and grow, but now I'm starting to feel like the toxic one in my relationship and I don't want to be that. Is there any way to fix this? So crazy enough, I actually... I read something recently that a woman had, she had written in for advice. I forget like where she was writing in about having, um, about the way her husband loves and how she has never really not accepted his love language, but because she doesn't love that way, that that was always an issue for her. Cause she's like, well, I don't do that. I don't love that way. This is how I show love. 
and how it's causing these problems in her relationship and how it's like, you know, my, she was, she was saying things like, you know, he's whiny, he's this, he's that, and really nitpicking and all these things. And the person giving the advice was like, well, the first problem is that you've never respected his love language. That's the problem. Number one is that you never, he's telling you how he needs you to show him love and you are immediately denying it to him. And that's, you have to fix that first before you get to any of the other stuff that stems from this, you need to learn to respect someone's love language. And I think it's sort of the same thing in here. I know what it feels like to feel like you're the toxic person because I was in a toxic relationship and it's one of my biggest fears to now be the toxic person in a relationship because I'm so protective of myself. Now it stems from a place of protection, not a place of anger, more a place of fear, honestly, fear of being controlled, fear of, you know, you know, being tricked or deceived. And I think that that could possibly be what's going on here. I think it's, think your fear may actually be pushing you in the direction that you don't want to go. Um, because getting angry at somebody is one thing. People get angry at each other. We're in a, we're in a place right now, societally, where we're all stuck at home. We're all with our partners, usually 24 seven, unless one of us happens to be working. So tempers are going to flare up. All the little annoyances are going to be magnified. And so getting angry is one thing, but when you start to feel like you're toxic, that means you're going past the point of regular anger. And it seems like what's happening here is that you're just nitpicking and getting angry at everything and it's spiraling out of control. Um, which I, look, I get relationships are hard. Relationships during a pandemic we are all finding are even harder because there's so many stress factors going on. I think the most important thing in any relationship is communication. So sitting down and expressing these feelings as painful as they may be to express to someone that you're in a relationship with is really important. Even just starting the conversation with, you know, I'm afraid that I am becoming toxic in this relationship and I want to fix it. And, and being able to say that phrase to yourself because it is how you feel. If you care about this person, I know boyfriends and husbands are two different things. You know what I mean? Like, boyfriends, I'm sorry, you're expendable. Uh, husbands, it costs money to get rid of. So <laughs> you work a little harder, I think, when you're in a marriage because it just it, it's going to be a lot more to just break up a marriage than it is to just break up with somebody. So if you really are in it for the long haul with this with this person, with this guy, then I would say the first step is having a conversation on how you can fix things, having an open dialogue, because that really is the only way to fix stuff is to have a conversation about what needs to be done to fix it. You know, that's my two cents, if it made sense at all. Catherine, I'll let you go. I don't know. I'm having a hard time with this one because like, I, 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 I want to be empathetic, but this person just sounds like the problem to me. I read it as in, no, you're not probably the top. You are the toxic one. You started it with, I'm having a really hard time in my relationship because I'm getting super angry with my boyfriend. You're not giving me wise. Mm-hmm. You're not putting any scenarios on the table. What's making you angry? What isn't this person? What is this person doing wrong? And how, who are you to determine right and wrong? 
So maybe I'm wrong for feeling this way, but yeah, this person sounds like the toxic one. So I don't think you need to have a conversation with your boyfriend. I think you need a therapist and you need to have a conversation with yourself because to me, it sounds like you might not want a boyfriend. To me, mm-hmm. it sounds like you might not want a relationship. To me, it sounds like you might not want to admit that you like to have tyrant-esque behaviors. I'm not saying that that's bad or good. I'm saying there are partners out there who are a little bit more dominant and maybe you are one of them and maybe you need somebody who is the who wants someone like that. Maybe you're not in that situation and maybe that's what's frustrating you. I don't know. Um, I'm doing my best to be the, the, be, uh, the a better person and grow. I find that, um, you know, very likely and very true, but you brought up the toxic relationship from the past. One has nothing to do with the other. And I think that's very important to know. It's different if the, if the question was phrased, I've come out of a toxic relationship. And now that I'm in a new relationship, I find myself X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. The way it was phrased is, let me complain about my relationship. Let me defend that I'm not trying to be a tyrant. And then let me remind you that I've been hurt. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of conveniently excused. Mm-hmm. That's how I read it. Again, it may just be a question phrasing thing. Yeah. So they maybe just phrased it one way. But I, I, I do wonder if you hide behind your toxic relationship to excuse your need to control things. Maybe you really just need to work on the the hurt and the trauma and the pain in yourself from that toxic relationship. And hopefully that we won't ruin this relationship. Um, But regardless if it does or it doesn't, you still need to work on that because this is gonna be a reoccurring thing with every person. This, yeah. nobody is perfect and somebody's always going to do something that you deem to be wrong. So really work on why certain things to you are wrong. Like when I say wrong, like I don't get annoyed if certain people are like particular about liking to use their own mug, but somebody else might, somebody else might be like, that's ridiculous. We show everything. Like why? You know what I mean? Where I'm like, that doesn't bother me. So me and this other person have the different definitions of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, in this situation, it would have been nice to know what type of things your partner is doing wrong to understand if, to understand why you are considering labeling yourself the toxic one. It mm-hmm. being general makes me think like, why did you omit things? Or um, why uh, uh, when you say, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be, uh, oh, sorry. Um, and I don't want to be that way. Um, how can I fix this? Um, it looks, it sounds like you're looking for an easy fix and this isn't an easy fix. Mm-hmm. It, sounds, it sounds to me like you also didn't do enough healing before you got into a relationship. I, I, I don't know if that was like, the answer that was being looked for, but I do know that like for myself, I'm, I'm not saying this person is toxic. I just think that um, the word choices were interesting. Tyrant, toxic, do you know what I mean? Yep. Like it's, I, 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 I even understand if they would have said, I don't want to be demanding, but lately it seems like they're, I feel like they're doing everything wrong. Feeling is one thing, it seems. 
Again, it's perception. You perceive mm -hmm. Not that they're doing it that way. So yeah. ask yourself why, you know, like you said, with the languages of love, ask yourself why you can't respect their individual right to do things a certain way. Ask yourself why you have a hard time respecting this person. Maybe that's what's really about this question. It doesn't sound like you respect your partner to the same level that you want it to be respected in your toxic relationship. Yeah. Former toxic relationship. Yeah. Oh, girl, she said it. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I liked, I liked your take on it. I agree with your take on it in a lot of ways. Um, therapy, that's the answer. Therapy is the answer. You want to fix it? Therapy. Yeah. Catherine, tell the lovely people where they can find you. You guys can find me at um, on Twitter. It is at KathyGrace24 on Instagram at KatherineG.Mendoza. On TikTok, it's at KatherineGMendoza. No duh. Hey. All right. You guys know you can catch me uh, on Instagram at GBrion. TikTok is at GBrion80. Holla at your girl. Uh, you can check me out on Amazon. Check out The Floor is Lava or Pacifically Speaking, which are both up on Amazon now. Or head over to HBO, type in my name and see what comes up. Who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, uh, this is always fun. Obviously, it's me and Kat. But I want to <laughs> I wanna just end this show the same way I love to end the show. Uh, I'm thinking about my mom a lot because I don't get to see her now as often. Um, and I love the fact that she gave me this advice and continues to give me this advice to this day. When life throws a lot at you, take it one catastrophe at a time. One catastrophe at a time until we see you next time, guys. Deuces. Bye. Do it like that. Yeah. You're the kind of chick that's ready to fight back. Yeah. Looks damn good, but really she type bad. Mm -hmm. Go to sleep, I call him my nightcap. Born killer. You a born killer. Mm. Go on, get him. Go on, go on, get him. Mm.